From the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Thursday, January 21st, the year 2021. We are happy to welcome back to the show Jordan Brickman. Hello again, Jordan. Hey, Jeremy. Jeremy. We, we welcome back his brother, Aaron Brickman. Hey, Jeremy. Happy Fight Week. Uh, and I am told that you guys are here to talk about the biggest sporting event happening in Abu Dhabi this week, which is the Abu Dhabi HSBC Golf Championship being held at Abu Dhabi Golf uh, Club, where Rory McIlroy holds the first round lead. Is this correct? Yeah, hoping to see a hole in one. Believe it or not, and by the way, he did not... I'm looking here. No, he made eight birdies, no bogeys. So he's still looking for that ace in the first round. Um, believe it or not, only 18 minutes between that golf course and what we're going to talk about is only 18 minutes away, just down Route E10, and that is Fight Island, and that is UFC 257, also known as the return of Conor McGregor. But... Kind of is funny, Jordan, that we have uh, two high-profile sporting events in the same Middle Eastern com- uh, 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 country literally happening concurrently. Yeah, that's. Uh, I didn't even know that that was happening. So uh, that, that's. I guess when you don't have a lot of COVID cases, you can uh, you can do things like that. Yes, exactly. All right. So uh, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. Uh, Connor's uh, first fight since January. He unretired yet again. Um, Aaron, if I have my my notes right, Connor has retired three times. Is this normal for UFC fighters to retire, unretire, retire, unretire, or is what Connor is doing here very unusual? I don't think any media member, UFC executive, or fan would legitimately classify Connor's tweets uh, where he's pieced out, thanks for the cheddar, uh, are actual retirements. They're really more um, bargaining chips. Um, it's different from a combat sport athlete, boxer, MMA fighter, kickboxer, who would retire at 38 and then come back, you know, at 41. Um, so know what Connor has done um, is, is not what you would call common or irregular, but the retiring and coming back that you see in combat sports all the time. Jordan, when I first saw the announcement of UFC 257, the first thing I thought of was, was Encore from Jay-Z. Jay's status appears to be at an all-time high, perfect time to say goodbye when I come back like Jordan wearing the 4-5, it ain't to play games with you. What is Connor doing here? This is an interesting move. He keeps winning. He's he's twenty two and four all time. He won his last bout, and now he's back for this rematch that first happened six years ago. Is he taking a page out of the MJ book in a sense? Uh, I think this is just his uh, his his second life, if you will, in the UFC, or at least that's how he's positioning it. It seems like you know he. Connor comes into the UFC and he talks about how he's going to be the champion. He's already the champion in his eyes and in his mind. Um, he's going to take over the game and he's going to be the face of, of the fight game, as, as he says. And then he does that. And then he kind of, I think after the Floyd Mayweather fight or maybe after the Khabib fight, 
he kind of looks in the mirror and says, I've done everything that I want to do in the fight game. So now what do I do? Now I start a, a whiskey company. You know, he does, he does all, all of his outside of the octagon, um, adventures and ventures. So I, I think now what we're seeing is a guy that just truly loves fighting. This is what he, this is what makes him happy. Once you take it, once you strip everything away, you strip the gold away, the money and money away, all of that. What makes Connor happy and what makes him happy is fighting. So this is is his almost second life, I think, in, in MMA and, and in just fighting in general. Um, I hope that he's going to stay as active as he says he is. I think he said in the ESPN he wants to fight seven times in the next 14 months. Um, find that hard to believe, but th- at this point we're just seeing a guy that loves what he that loves fighting and just wants to fight. It, it's not so much about chasing glory like it was previously. Now it's just I love to do it, so let's go do it. I'm I'm, I'm amazing at it, so let me let me show the world how good I am. Um, so in that context, Aaron, why this rematch? Why this opponent? So the initial contest between Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier from September 2014, we've got to remember that was at featherweight. Something that this in this fight is 10 pounds up a weight class at lightweight. And that's quite common uh, as opposed to boxing, where a fighter tends to stay more uh, in one weight class throughout the majority of their career. It's, you know, Conor McGregor has fought in three weight classes. Um, this one, most people believe, given now that he's in his early 30s, is probably his best weight class for his frame. Um, Dustin has, I think he's 10 and 2. That's moving up to lightweight. Uh, about five years ago, so it's they're both very different fighters. I would say Dustin has improved a little bit more, more on the mental side um, than he did back their initial fight uh, six plus years ago. It's it's anyone's ball game. Um, Connor is slightly more than a three to one betting favorite in Vegas. Uh, I think it's a little bit too strong. I would more put Connor in the the minus two twenty five ballpark range. Um, I, I am favoring Connor. Did you kind of jump ahead probably on your uh, your questions list there? I am favoring Connor to to get the finish um, before the end of round number two. Uh, but Dustin, without a doubt, is, is certainly a live dog here. Um. Let's look at each fighter for a second. What is Dustin's strength and strengths and weaknesses, Aaron? And why did he lose in the first round back six years ago? Well, when you're draining yourself, you know one of the negatives or unfortunate aspects of all combat sports, but in particular MMA, because of the grappling aspect, and a lot of these athletes have a wrestling background where cutting weight is the norm and having a size advantage on my on my opponent means a lot um so so dustin used to cut a tremendous amount of weight and when you cut that weight you're dehydrating your body and your brain and the 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 weigh-ins are the day before the contest it can only rehydrate to such an extent in that short period of time and when the brain is dehydrated, you can't absorb those shots as well as you can in the middle of a training camp or without that weight cut on 24 roughly hours beforehand. So these guys, again, they're, they're at a higher weight class. Uh, Dustin has, again, he's had 12 fights at lightweight. 
He just had a tremendous war in June in Vegas of 2020 against one of the co-main event uh, competitors this Saturday and Dan Hooker. And he took, um, you know, he didn't go down. He took a lot of a lot of punishment in there. But the main thing with Dustin today versus Dustin, um, you know, when he was in his mid 26 years ago, was just composure and the mental game. And he self-admitted that looking back in hindsight to the initial contest in 2014, he really let Connor get him. He wanted to really prove Connor wrong because Connor was, I think that was his fourth fight in the organization. And there's a lot, of, a lot of focus on the Irishman, and he wants to kind of prove Connor wrong. Um, all the, the Irish lovers wrong. So um, both guys are very different, but again, to my prior point, I think Dustin has improved a little bit more since uh, compared to Connor. We're talking with Jordan and Aaron Brickman uh, here on Teeing It Up in advance of UFC 257, which comes up this Saturday night, the main card on ESPN UFC pay per view. At 10 p.m. Eastern Time, the prelims on ESPN at 8 p.m. And the early prelims, whatever that means, uh, on ESPN Plus at 6.30. And I guess this is the fight of the year because there's also a live pregame show on ABC at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday. So uh, there's a whole lot you can get into when looking at this. Jordan... As you've gotten into MMA and as you've looked at Connor and as, you, and as he's become your favorite fighter, what is it about his fighting style? You know, put aside the swagger, so to speak, for a second here. What is it about his fighting style that you like so much? Well, I, I, I will say the swagger and the, the persona and the charisma and his ability to talk and get into people's heads is a, is a big factor in uh, not just myself, but in. Uh, the, you know the world's love, love, love or hate for Connor. I think his personality is a big aspect of that. I think it's actually more to his personality than his fighting style specifically. His fighting style is very exciting because if you look down his his, his history of fights, a majority of them ended the first round or maybe the second round. Um, you know, he's like you said, he's twenty two and four. I think probably eighteen of those or, or so are, are are knockouts in the, in the first round or second round. Um, he's only fought the decision twice in the UFC. So, and he has a very unique way of doing it. So Dustin Poirier is mostly, he's well-rounded, but he's mostly a, a puncher, mostly a, a boxer. And there, Connor is throwing spinning kicks and spinning back kicks and jumping flying knees and kind of very, he's very, very explosive. And he comes out very hot, as we saw last January when he knocked out Cowboy in, in 40 seconds. So um, you almost never know what you're going to see when he's in, when he's in the octagon because he's very creative and he has a very high fight IQ. But the fights go so fast, also, so you, so you can't blink. You know, you think back to Jose Aldo when he, not when he had the fastest knockout in title fight history, and after a very very long fight buildup, he knocks out Jose Aldo at a loss in a decade in 13 seconds. Uh, that's the kind of stuff you don't really see at the level that they're competing at. So I think when you factor that in with his ability to talk on a microphone and the style and the swagger and the uniqueness of his personality, I think that's what makes him so endearing, not just to to me, but to you know, for to around fans around the world that either love or hate them. Aaron, um, Fight Island is an interesting experiment. We're in a pandemic. We're trying to find a way to make this work. They go to Abu Dhabi and they've been able to hold event after event after event. Even in ESPN's press release, they proudly say, "quote It will be the final of three events in a week from Fight Island." 
Um, are have were you surprised that Dana White was able to pull this off like he has, or knowing Dana and following UFC as long as you have, were you not surprised? I was not surprised, and their first series of Fight Island cards uh, last July, um, where they had I think four fight nights, including one pay per view in a three week span. They then went back. Um, in October for a number of other events, and I think this Saturday will be the ninth or tenth uh, Fly Island event um, since last summer. So no, no surprise, and got to realize UFC has a relationship with uh, Abu Dhabi. Um, so even if there wasn't a pandemic where they had a challenging time flying in international fighters to compete. Uh, at a location where, where it was safe, they would still be having, you know, at least one annual event in Abu Dhabi each year. So no surprises, and I would expect to see at least two more uh, of these kind of blocks of events uh, in quote-unquote Flight Island for the end of 2021. Jordan, as it, w one of the interesting things about finding a new passion and finding a new sport to follow is that you get to see things in different venues and different vantage points you get to see things knowing the knowledge that some people have, have provided you you um, are seeing some of this after the fact um, and you know you can talk to people about things you're seeing it on your own you're learning on your own you're watching on your own you're watching with somebody the fact that this is going to be at a different time of day than fights in the U.S. are because it's overseas and in the Middle East and because of the time difference, do you think that will play an impact in this? I think it's, it's fighter-specific. Not only is the time difference matter, but also there's going to be 2,000 fans there, which is obviously significantly less than normal for, you know, quote-unquote normal for a lot of these fighters. A lot of the guys have, got, have been there for over a week at this point, so they should have, if they're doing it, correctly, you know, been waking up early and training at the time that their fight is going to be, so they should be preparing accordingly. But uh, I know Dustin Poirier, who, who um, has made this trip before, not during COVID, but has made the trip to Abu Dhabi before, said that he, he wishes that he, he got there earlier to get rid of the jet lag. So um, I think for probably some of the, the younger fighters, the fighters that haven't uh, as much experience, it could affect them. Um, but someone like Connor has been in Portugal. He's closer, you know, to the t actual time zone. It's less of an adjustment um, for him than it would be for someone like Poirier or an American fighter. It's just about making sure you're waking up at the right time and training at the right time to get your body acquainted to it. I, I think that some of the bigger adjustments we've heard are people adjusting to having no crowd or a limited crowd in this scenario. Um, you know, a lot of times the crowd will feed the energy. You look at um, Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje, which happened in, in May of the first fight, uh, the first. Uh, pandemic pay-per-view where there are no fans there you know Justin Gaethje is someone that really feeds off the crowd and he actually fought smarter because there were no fans and Tony Ferguson um, actually kind of fought a little more in the mud if you will in both of his fights during the pandemic so I think that's another that's a factor that we haven't seen Connor fight in yet Torrey has fought without fans and he performed amazingly so um, I think th I think those are two factors but if, if you're prepared mentally and you're ready to go it, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a hindrance, in my opinion. Talking to Jordan and Aaron Brickman here on Teeing It Up as we preview UFC uh, 257 coming up Saturday night uh, featuring Conor McGregor and 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 Dustin Poirier. To Aaron, 
uh, what made, and I love looking at the press releases from the entities that put this out because sometimes it's hype that is warranted and sometimes it's hype that's not warranted. Warranted in the ESPN press release, it called his win over Dan Hooker, quote, a thrilling fight of the year candidate performance. Uh, was it truly that and what, and if so, what made it that way? It was very uh, back and forth. So um, Dan Hooker kind of had the upper hand the first two rounds of the five-round main event contest in Vegas um, last June. Uh, a lot of people consider round two of that fight maybe a round of the year candidate for 2020. And then Dustin kind of took it from there uh, in the later three rounds. And then as we look at the rest of this bill and of this fight card the co-main is dan hooker and michael chandler what should we know aaron about those two guys uh michael chandler is a extremely intriguing storyline and fighter to follow this saturday night and in the next 18 months or so he's not young uh, he turned 35 this spring, I believe, in April. He, this, he's making his UFC debut. He has been with uh, Bellator, a rival promotion, for the last eight or nine years or so. And he's fought and defeated in Bellator a number of former UFC champions, such as uh, Eddie Alvarez and Benson Anderson, who he uh, defeated twice, including knocking him out in their last fight. Um, at the end of the summer, um, he's got a power. He's got powerful uh, boxing. He's got great wrestling. He's athletic. He's strong. Um, he definitely will be the shorter fighter against the, the longer, lankier Dan Hooker, who I think is six one and is longer for the division overall. Um, but it's a very intriguing fight. It is a very tough styles matchup for both guys. Uh, it's pretty much a pick 'em. I'm seeing Chandler as as a slight underdog at plus 105, plus 110. Um, I see it going the distance. If I had to to bet on this one, I would lean in favor of Hooker. I think it's anyone's ball game here. Very good chance the winner, especially if it's Michael Chandler, uh, fights for the title next against the winner of the main event. Uh, Personally, I'm rooting for Chandler. I, I do like his upside. I did follow his career at Bellator. He is an exciting fighter. He does push the pace. He brings it. You'll see all aspects of the MMA, grappling, submission, wrestling, um, striking, uh, boxing, kickboxing, you, you name it. Um, so do not arrive late to this card um, on your couch just for the main event. Please stay tuned for the co-main event beforehand. ESPN thanks you for that promotion. <laughs> um, when you look, Jordan, at the rest of this card, what else sticks out besides the main and, and, and the co-main? Yeah, it, it is really, a, and this is common, I think, with Connor cards, it is really a two-fight event. Um, you know, there's some, some uh, Amanda Hibas is an interesting name to watch, so that's kind of throwing some, some heads in the, in the, in the um, women's divisions, but, um, you know, Connor... Uh, especially with, if you look at the Cowboy card last year, you know, this is not a title. I mean, uh, uh, there's no title on the line in these events. And Connor and Poirier are going to be taking home a heck of a lot of money. Um, 
on, on, on Saturday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning for them. So I think a lot of times the rest of the cards are, are a little bit weaker um, around them because they don't need to book their big names to sell the cards. Um, so it really is kind of a two a two fight event, but those two fights are are going to be I think very very entertaining. What's your thoughts on Hooker versus Chandler? I, I tend to agree. You know, Hooker in his he had two excellent fights last year. One he won, one he lost, and in both of those fights, I felt he gassed in the last two or three rounds. This fight is a three round fight, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, when he was when he was not when he was fresh, he was winning both of the, winning those fights. So. If he can be fresh for even just two of the rounds, which he normally could be uh, or should be, I think he has a, has a very good shot at winning. The, the question always is: Can Chandler, can Chandler, and/or the, the wrestler in the fight, can they take them down and impose their will? Chandler has a very good stand-up game, also, and they can, you know, trade trade up there. Um, you know, but if Chandler can take him down, then that'll be that'll be something that Hooker won't be able to match back on, on his side. And something to, to to bear in mind for those who may not be familiar, Chandler was an alternate for the Habib Gaethje bout in October in Fight Island, um, which was a great experience for him to, to fly out, make weight, meet, meet the staff, acclimate to the weather and the time change. Um, so he does have that advantage under his belt, whereas I believe this is Hooker's first fight on Fight Island. Now, another variable... Chandler's flight was delayed. Jordan mentioned a few moments ago about uh, Dustin Poirier commenting in hindsight for his first fight in Abu Dhabi um, back in 2019 against Habib. Even though he arrived roughly a week before the contest, he never really acclimated and felt like himself come fight day. Chandler, I don't think, arrived in Abu Dhabi until Sunday, um, whereas Poirier uh, you know, was fighting McGregor. He arrived, I think, at least 10 days in advance. He, there, there, there's three fight cards, right, in, in a row here. Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. I believe Dustin Poirier arrived with the fighters on the first fight. So he really wanted to take the time and be sure his body acclimated um, to the, the time change. We'll see if that's a factor for Chandler on Saturday night. To keep the driving metaphor from the, the mention of the golf event to the UFC fight uh, going here, we're, 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 we're going to make a sharp right turn and change topics for a second, kind of. Jordan, uh, you posted one of the best photos I saw all holiday season. I guess it was a gift to your family. Your family can now be Simpsonized, is that correct? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a website that uh, you can hire like an artist basically to draw your family as, as Simpsons characters. <laughs> which is awesome. Yes, which is awesome. And the reason why I bring this up is that in that drawing, um, the shirt that Aaron's wearing is a UFC shirt. So, um, very appropriate, very funny. Uh, it, it probably was a great gift. When you saw it, Aaron, what, what was your reaction to see your favorite sport um, proudly on your shirt? Um, it's a tough question to answer. Um, I, I, I'm not one who, who wears logos like that on, on my attire. Um, you know, I don't want to think, oh, Aaron, he, he's the guy who, who likes UFC. Um, I'd like to think, hey, UFC, oh, Aaron, my friend Aaron likes, likes UFC. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't see any 
sports or teams on Jordan's clothing. I didn't see a Knicks logo or a Mets logo or anything um, on his shirt. So I didn't mind it, but I'll always be proud to be a Cena and a Knicks fan. That's a good point. Jordan, where's the Knicks logo? Come on. Well, Aaron, you know, UFC is far and away his number one. It's it's too hard for me to pick uh, otherwise. (laughs) That website is b-like-yellow.com for those who are interested um, in that service. It's for anybody who grew up with The Simpsons, it's hilarious and it's a wonderful service and I'm sure that guy is making a killing doing it um, because yeah. he's very good at it. Uh, uh, Jordan and Jordan and Aaron Brickman with us and teeing it up to preview UFC 257, 257 McGregor versus Fourier this Saturday night ESPN Plus main card starts at 10pm Eastern Time on ESPN Plus uh, uh, UFC pay-per-view um, when you, Jordan, look at the sports landscape and a weekend like this, which has two NFL conference championship games, you have the NBA in full swing, hockey in full swing, um, you've got probably the face of the NFL a major injury question for this weekend and yet I keep seeing things about this fight I keep seeing things about this fight what does that say to you about how far UFC has come and 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 the power of Conor McGregor that's what I was gonna say is that that Conor Conor's aura is different um, I don't if, you, if, if, if this was even Khabib versus Gaethje or, or John Jones versus Stipe for the title I don't think we'd be seeing and those, that's amongst the biggest fights you could possibly make. It's one of the biggest games in the sport. I think Connors is just different. The amount of advertising and the interviews and the media, it's everywhere. And I'm even seeing ads on, I'm watching the Knicks on MSG. They have ads about the Connor fight. Um, I think, I think big, you know, there's big fight feels and then there's Connor fights. Um, and I really think it's just an event. Um, you know, he's predicting they're going to sell close to two million pay-per-views. There's only been one event and, history to sell 2 million pay-per-views in combat sports history, and that was Conor versus Khabib. He thinks that they can get close to it again this weekend. Um, it, it, he's just a different level superstar. He's one of the biggest athletes in the world, um, and when he fights, it's it's just, there's just something different about it, and the coverage is different. He's a household name, unlike a lot of the UFC fighters. Some of the UFC fighters have people recognize the names, but Conor has that crossover appeal. And he's a str- mostly a striker, so people that are boxing fans can kind of get behind watching him too, because they don't. You know, some boxing fans don't like the the grappling or that kind of the, that kind of, the clinches, that kind of thing. There certainly should should be some of that on, on Saturday, but it's going to be a striking fight, and that's going to get a lot of the boxing fans hopefully to get behind it as well. So it just feels different. It just feels bigger when Connor's name is attached to it. All right. To close up shop on this episode of Teeing It Up, Aaron, you've kind of hinted at this before. What happens in this title fight between Poirier and Connor on Saturday night? I'm seeing a Connor TKO early round two. And Jordan, you are seeing? I, I agree with round two. I think. Um, it's going to be a master class. I think if you look to Connor fighting Eddie Alvarez when he won the lightweight title initially, uh, I think 2016, is that right there, 2016? Yeah. Um, 
he, he was clearly better than Eddie Alvarez, and I think Connor is going to prove that he is clearly better than Poirier um, with a sec with a, a second round finish. Connor predicts sixty seconds. That'd be incredible to see him beat his time from last fight. But I, I agree. I would like to see it get past the first round um, and have Connor show just kind of a dominant performance through for multiple rounds. Aaron, and and, the, oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. If I could add something, Jeremy, yeah. the the answer to this question will be determined on Dustin Poirier's composure, as I might have alluded to earlier in this conversation. Um, can he be defensive? Be, be composed? Be patient out there. Um, pick pick his shots. Um, and, and I think he, he could drag this into the later rounds where it would be advantageous for him. You asked earlier, you know, what has changed since then, how the fighters are different. One obvious advantage that Dustin holds over Connor is seemingly endurance and cardio. So if he can get past the first eight minutes, let's say, kind of that midpoint in round number two, um, definitely in favor of Dustin pulling it out. Welcome to teeing it up um, regular rotation, Aaron, because you have read my mind. That's the criteria to get into the regular guest rotation, because that is exactly the question I was going to ask. <laughs> so you read, you read my mind perfectly on that one, Aaron. Uh, Jordan Brickman and, and Aaron Brickman, thank you for joining me on teeing it up to preview UFC 257 and enjoy the fight on Saturday night. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks for having us. And uh, take care, everybody. We'll see you next time.